morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shlach. Parshas Shlach, according to the Chinuch, contains three mitzvos, two positive, the mitzvah of Chaloh and the mitzvah of Tzitzis, and one restriction, lo susuru not to be led astray after your hearts and after your eyes. Pasha Shlach, every year, is really one of the more challenging parshios of the Torah. The obvious question is, you find the first half of the parsha taken up with the sin of the Maraglim, the spies, Twelve men are sent by Moshe, and the Torah tells us, Kulam Anoshim, they were all pious, worthy leaders at that time. How could they come back with a negative report of Eretz Yisrael? One answer <clears throat> suggested by the Zohar is that they did not want to leave the cocoon of the desert whereby everything was being provided for them in a supernatural way, not wanting to go into a land of Israel where they would have to be involved in the quote-unquote everyday, working the land and providing their sustenance for themselves. Perhaps the very end of the parsha, which immediately following the Meraglim, you have the mitzvah of the Nisachim, whereby the Torah teaches when a person brings a korban, they were to bring wine, oil, flour as well, showing that you are to take of the everyday and elevate it. After that comes challah. Once again, the concept being that from your dough, you can elevate it, a mitzvah, help the Kohen and his family, and thereby bring out the spirituality that is latent within the physical. I'd like to focus this morning on the opening Rashi of Parshas Shlach, whereby <coughs> Rashi asks, Lama what's the connection? Why and how do we to understand the juxtaposition between the Maraglim, <coughs> the spies, and the end of last week's Parsha, Parshas Miriam? who, as we recall, <clears throat> Miriam spoke Lashon Hara. So Rashi goes on to say, Lefisha Laksa al Iske Diba, because Miriam was punished because of her wrong and Lashon <clears throat> Hara, negative speech about Moshe, that Urishoyim Halolu, these wicked people, these spies, Ra'u, they saw what happened to Miriam, Musar, <clears throat> and they did not learn the lesson, meaning they should have learned the lesson. I'd like to very simply ask, how are we to understand this comparison? After all, Miriam and Aaron speak Lashon Haram about a person and here, <clears throat> the Maraglim are speaking Lashon Hara about a land. And therefore, I'd like to help resolve this by taking a look and calling your attention to the Rambam at the end of Hilchos Tumas Soraas. 
And he ends this section with a moral, ethical teaching. And he teaches that what we call tzora'as, leprosy, was not part of the natural world. Why? Discoloration of houses, garments, and on the body occurred for the individual to realize that their negative speech was a direct contradiction to the divine plan and the calling of man. In Bereshis, Perik Beis, Pasuk Zion, after God formed an outline of the first human being, the Torah tells us, He, Hashem, Vayipach Pa'apov, Nishmas Chaim. He blew into his nostrils the soul of life. This is understood by Unculus to mean that man then became a speaking person. When man unfortunately sullies his mouth with negative speech, what he's doing is he is diminishing the Tselem Elohim, the divine image that was implanted and entrusted to man. And the Ramam continues and tells us by quoting the Pasuk in Devarim, in Kiseitzei, chapter 24, Pasuk 9, Zuchor, to remember, Es, Asher Hashem Miriam Baderech. You are to remember what Hashem, your God, did to Miriam on the way when you were leaving Egypt. Now Miriam the prophetess was the older sister of Moshe. And the Rambam's exact words are, Vigidlato al-Birkeva. Literally, she helped raise him. And, Sikna minayam. She risked her life to save him from the water. And moreover, she did not speak in a disparaging or in a negative manner regarding Moshe. So what was her problem? What was her mistake? Her mistake was that Her mistake was by equating Moshe with the other prophets. Now in order to appreciate this, we have to go back and get the background of last week's parasha of Miriam's Lashon Hara. We're told that when Eldod and Medod began to prophesize in the camp, as found in last week's parasha of Baaloscha, in chapter 11, Pasuk 26, Zipporah, Moshe's wife, her immediate reaction was, she said, Ay, I feel sorry for their wives, thinking that just as Moshe separated himself from her, they would do likewise to their spouses. Now, when Miriam heard that Moshe had separated himself from Zipporah, she responded by questioning, Excuse me, why did Moshe Taka do this? After all, she and her brother Aaron were also prophets, and they did not separate themselves from their spouses. Now Miriam did not know 
that this was nothing less than a decree of Hashem. That Hashem told Moshe, as we find in the book of Devarim, in chapter 5, Pasuk 27 and 28, that after the revelation at Sinai, Hashem told Moshe to tell the people that they were to shuvu lo'alechem. They were to go back to their families. However, v'yatah, but you, Moshe, amoni modi, you, Moshe, are to stay with me as he was literally on call 24-7. Now the Torah tells us at the end of last week's parsha, v'yish Moshe anav ma'od, that Moshe was exceedingly humble, and therefore Moshe told no one of his exclusive status. Now the Rambam is teaching that Miriam's failure to recognize the unique position of Moshe, not attributing to Moshe the respect due to the Av Hanavim, that Moshe is indeed the father of the prophets. When the Rambam codifies his 13 basic principles of Jewish faith, the seventh one is Anima Min Bemuna Shleimo. Shinavuas Moshe Rabbeinu Oliva Sholom Hoiso Amitis Vishu Hoya Av Lanavim. The veracity of Moshe's prophecy, every word that Moshe is the father of the prophets. Now, this in of itself, not putting Moshe in his proper perspective and position of honor and diminishing that and equating him with others, this, says the Rambam, is a big chiddush. This is within the rubric of Lashon Hora. So the Torah is thus raising the bar and the definition of Lashon Hora. It's not only forbidden to speak outright gnus, negativity, about an individual, unless, of course, it's within the halachic circumstance that one must reveal specific information for someone getting a job or for a shidduch. But even, here goes, diminishing the status and reputation of the next one is forbidden. If you are at a Shabbos table and you hear that someone says that that person is an outstanding Talmud Chacham, or he or she is an expert in a particular field, and if one responds by saying, eh, he is average, that too is considered Lashon Hora based on Zechiras Miriam. And the Rambam in Klal Aleph of Hilchos of Lashon Hora tells us, just this, as well as that a person need not verbalize Lashon Hora, what I call Kiba'apam Horgu'ish, literally with their nose. What does that mean? With their gesture. You heard a shear, and somebody worked hard and made a presentation, and there's something about it that you didn't like, and you make one negative gesture with your face, that too is a form of Lashon Hora. This is therefore the thrust 
of the moving, beautiful tefillah of Rabbi Elimelech of Lezhinsk, his tefillah of Adaraba, whereby we ask Hashem's assistance in properly evaluating the next one's character. Adaraba, we ask Hashem, may we see the good in our friends and acquaintances, and not the low chesronom, and not their faults and deficiencies. This Hasidic master is teaching that if one looks, you will find flaws in the next person's personality. But his prayer is that we should focus on the good, and it's not always easy. I heard from one of my teachers, a beautiful way of doing it is, remember the Pasuk in the Tochacha in Devarim, chapter 28, Pasuk 47, Tachas, because you did not serve Hashem your God, with gladness and goodness of the heart, when everything was abundant. And can mean forgive me when most things were good. Listen carefully now. Everybody in their own life, let's be honest, the cup is either half empty or half full. And therefore, focus on the divine gift and blessings that Hashem gives each and every one of us to keep your own personal simcha level high. And therefore, similarly, look at the positive traits in the next one and say, thank you, Hashem, for having my path cross theirs for me to learn and be enriched. Finally, this lesson of properly assessing the character of the next one taught by the Rambam applies to Eretz Yisrael as well. The sin of Miriam of not ascribing to Moshe his unique role and position, this was the sin of the Miraglim. This is what Rashi says. This is the juxtaposition of the Miraglim to Miriam. They failed to ascribe to the land of Israel its unique nature and qualities. Everything they said, the Miraglim and the reported, was true regarding Eretz Yisrael. Being fortified, most difficult to conquer. This was accurate. The Chassam Sofer Zatzal teaches that it was precisely for that reason that the people were to know that only with Hashem's assistance could they conquer the Lamb. They forgot the very first Rashi of the Torah, that Hashem created the world and chose this land for this people. And just as the DNA of Am Yisrael is different. It's charged with spirituality. So too is this land programmed to produce and respond only to its inhabitants. History has shown that for almost 2,000 years, the beloved land of Israel refused to accept any other people's attempt to settle and cultivate the land. Like a faithful lover, it waited patiently for its beloved Am Yisrael. And therefore may we be zocha to learn the lesson of this smichus and find the good in the next one, thereby enriching ourselves. Shabbat Shalom to all.